Hi, this is Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Match Muscular, the Human Wizard. Hi, I'm Jules. I am the rock gnome Bernice Q. Burns. Hi, this is John, aka That Film Guy. I'm going to be playing your half orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was in fact raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore, a half-elf archer and the viceroy of Glenmar. And I am Lauren, aka Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. After some close calls with a massive iron golem and a room full of poo, the party finally reaches the end of the Purbeck Mine, waiting for them is Wendragod, an undead skeletal wizard who seemed to know they were coming. After taunting, threatening, and confusing the party, he unleashes another undead skeleton on them, this time of a young green dragon. Once defeating both foes, the party now stands, tired but triumphant, in the grand throne room of the lair of the Purbeck Wizard. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy. And I have a photo. I am drinking Quilter's Irish Death, which is a dark, smooth ale from Iron Horse Brewery. And it is delicious. And it's a good thing that uh, I wasn't drinking this last week when I was attacking you guys with a young green dragon, because I might have gotten drunk and killed you all. <laughs> Uh, Carlton, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a 24, which means two cans of Live Oak Hef. <laughs> but hey, as long as you're double fisting, right? Well, I'm a uh, single fist. I'll just, I, I just have a beer on deck. On deck, ready to go. Uh, Travancore, how about you? Hi, I'm Jack. Uh, today, I'm finishing the last of my uh, sampler pack of Angry Orchard Hard Cider. It is the crisp apple flavor, and I think I'm going to name the, uh, the tree. It looks like a lady, right? I'm thinking... She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm thinking <laughs> Amelia. You. I'm going to name her Amelia. Oh, that means next time we play, we're going to be getting something other than Angry Orchard. Yeah, oh, I'm thinking something local, something sad. different. Mm. Don't know yet. Something I've never had before. I'm excited. Jonathan, how about you? Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And what, before I get to what I'm drinking, I want to comment on what Lauren is drinking. Now, it's the Irish Death. So apparently, it's an English ale that wants to kill the Irish. Hey, listen, I, I don't explain it. I just drink it. Well, that's okay. What I am drinking would want to kill other people. I am drinking uh, Big Red, the soda from oh. Texas that I oh. love, that apparently people from the fucking East Coast hate. <gasps> it's the fucking they worst. It's just not good. You I mean, guys good like, don't know what you're missing. But anyway, there's also vodka in this, so it it is it is delicious to me. Sweet. Wait. Big Red, like the Saturday Night Live skit of the thing on the floor that would just spew out red shit everywhere. That was the it was a fake commercial. Does nobody remember this? Oh my god, I'm old. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, I used red. to watch a little, lot of old Saturday Night Live on like uh, Comedy Central. But... It's not even that old. It, it's like the '90s. I remember Big Red as more of a chewing gum that made yeah, me want to kiss gum. and do stuff later yeah. on. That was also gross. Kids, go to YouTube. Yeah, Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, so I am drinking once again the set, my weeping willow wit. So I guess it's gonna cry at everybody's funeral if that's the, the death that we're going for. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm drinking. I still have some of that six pack left, and it's yummy and good. 
Perfect. So you are standing in the large throne room that was once inhabited by Wendergod. It is just ostentatious, marble-lined. The pillars have the the uh, amazing just details scripted into them. There's the throne at the end. There seems to be just random gold coins scattered about. And there is now also the scattered remains of two skeletal creatures, one of which used to be Wendergod and one of which used to be... A green dragon. It used to what be, would you it like used to do? be a green dragon if you're really thinking about it, right? Because it was a green dragon, then it was a skeleton of a green dragon, now it's a double used to be green dragon. It's like a recycled green dragon. <laughs> this is a f- philosophical question oh, for yeah. another time. What would you like to do? I'm going to search. Let's search. Mm. I, I think I remember I said towards head. the end that I grabbed uh, Wendrickle's sc- skull and I think Carlton grabbed yes. the dragon skull. Yes. Right? yes. Yes, Travancore now has the skull of Wendrigod. It Seems to be a normal human skull. It kind of smells a little bit. Carlton, you've taken the dragon skull. It is, of course, a, a young green dragon, so it's not very large. It's maybe pony-headed size. Uh, it looks to be the skull of a young green dragon. Or at least a dragon. You know it's green from the way it was attacking you, but otherwise, you've got skulls. With cool. wonderful poison breath. Yeah. So you're just searching this room? Yeah, let's yes. grab some of that gold. Well, okay. considering that he was undead... I want to try to talk to Wendergod's skull to see if he is completely <gasps> dead. Okay. Uh, Travancore, do you want to yeah, give I him just, the skull or hold I, it I, up? I'm going to hold the skull up just to, you know, away, facing away from me towards uh, Carlton. I tap on the head. I'm like, hey, anybody in there? Nothing happens. I go, alas, poor York, I knew him well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe uh, do we... Maybe Arcana to see if there's still magic around the head. Uh, maybe later. I'm searching. I okay. we have we I have stuff to find we, that'll help us win a war. So all right, war. an an investigation check, right? Is that what we're doing? No, a perception. Uh, check. Actually, let's start with a perception check. Uh, so Jonathan, what what'd you get? Eighteen. And Bernie, what'd you get? I'm about to find out. And I don't know if you other gentlemen want to. Also perceptify, or if you're too busy doing a puppet show with skulls. I want to go look from where the green dragon came out of. I got okay. a 20. The hole underneath the uh, throne. Okay. I so tried perception. to perceive. Okay, so Bernie got a 20. Travancore, what'd you get? Uh, 11. Okay. Uh, Travancore is still a little winded from the fight. He's a little taken with the the grandeur of this hall. And when you kind of, when everyone starts to look around, you actually just, you actually just start finding clumps of gold coin kind of scattered about. Spend a couple of minutes as everybody is is searching about and you actually pick up about 32 gold coins off the ground, just kind of randomly scattered. And Carlton, what did you get? Uh, 17 and I'm going into the where the dragon can out of. Okay. So let's, let's keep going with Jonathan and Bernie, since you're searching this room, you don't see anything else of note. The pillars themselves are all made out of marble. You eventually kind of wander over. You, you see the gold that Travancore is kind of picking up. Shadow dutifully following behind him, trying to kind of pick up stuff as he goes. The Aww. actual throne itself seems to be made of a bunch of different colors of marble. There's some nice gold inlay in places but it would be kind of a mess to to pull that stuff out the throne has shifted to the left about four and a half to five feet revealing a dark passageway that carlton just runs right into he's like here we go it goes about 
30 yes, feet down it's a it's a square passage that is the stone the marble work the really nice marble work and fortunately your dark vision lets you see the end where you then turn to the right and you can see some more light as a room opens up and it's a small room it's only about 40 to 50 feet square but it is obviously where wonder god was keeping his treasure and you see before you, um, quite a lot, actually, you find three large wooden chests. These chests kind of rival the one that you found in the Bruckstone Hold, um, the one that Shadow helped you carry back. That it just gigantic chests. There is gold and silver kind of spilling out of them. One or two of them have collapsed in states of almost like they've been rotted away, but the gold themselves have spilled onto the floor. You can see a couple of casks over on the left-hand side, a few leather bags. There's also, against one of the far walls, a giant wooden mantle that is uh, intricately painted and carved. And there is also a minecart and track leading off, uh, again, with a... a with a smallish entrance it'd be like three and a half four feet tall three wide it looks like some something a minecart could actually travel through and when you look up you see that this place doesn't seem to have a ceiling it goes out and up uh as far as both the the um the light in this room and your dark vision can see into darkness and the lights in this room seem to be coming from two torches in sconces along the wall that are flickering and fluttering with a, a weird blue light that you're not quite sure how they're staying on. I, I grab like a handful of coin and then I like walk back to the entrance like, hey guys, nothing down there. Nothing at all. <laughs> also, and do you guys go, have a lot of bags? You're so, that's so cute. You're so funny. I was, Let's go look in the dark hole. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular is all about exploring dark holes. Come on, Shadow. Let's go look at the dark hole. Why, so why I lead them down the dark hole. Dirty. I I, there's a dark hole right there now. that we're going to explore. We're I adventurers. Just, we do that a lot. I know. You just said it like you wanted to have sex with it. And it just really <laughs> makes me uncomfortable as a person of God that you just want to be all about no, those dark I, holes. I am literally talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> the game is called Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons are literally dark holes. I really Terrace at this point walks past the both of you and to Bernie she says humans and their lack of dark vision what are you gonna do and she walks into the passageway I say have fun with that peace out and I like waddle along as fast as I can to like catch up with Terrace and be next to a female friend where I feel safe okay (laughs) (laughs) the five of you walk back into the treasure room and see everything that was described who is pretty my Uh, eyes turn into like gold pieces like in the cartoons (laughs) like they just turn into giant gold platters as I'm just like uh, I, I want to look through some of the leather bags that you described to see if there's anything in them. I want to okay. cast Detect Magic while he's doing that, too. If okay. you want to do the bag looking first. Carlton, uh, roll me an investigation check. Bernie, roll me an Arcana check. Uh, Travancore and Jonathan, what do you two want to be doing while they're doing Arcana. that? Arcana! Okay, and Travancore? Wait, does Detect Magic an Arcana check? Oh, you're casting you the cast spell. It? I want to cast the spell. I want to know for oh. sure. Okay. I got spell slots, unless you're planning on having all the gold come alive and melt us to death. 
That's well, you don't that's know what I'm playing. Okay, it seems like you guys have that. So while you're doing that, I am going to use one of my remaining spell slots to cast Spider Climb, and I'm going to investigate the top of this here. Nice. Wait, of this here. Do you want to cast it on someone who has dark vision so that you're not climbing <laughs> up into a dark hole? I'd or rather just continuing the person... on the theme of your dark holes. So, me, so, me, me, me. so perception is a wisdom check, and by far the person with the biggest wisdom is down here searching around. As someone who doesn't have the biggest wisdom, I can go climb up to the top, and if it comes out onto the ground hey that's great and if i'll still have my staff with me and if there's a ceiling i can poke it okay travancore what are you doing oh boy um i guess i'll flag down jonathan be like take me with you uh actually let me see if i can cast it on multiple people one second or maybe oh check God. for traps on the minecart oh my gosh wouldn't it be funny if you cast spider climb on the bear <gasps> cast spider climb on the bear i i have <laughs> in a different life i was a bear that cast spider climb on himself. So I, it, it spider climb is just me. It's for an hour. Yep. I, I cast it and start running up the side of the wall. <laughs> All right. Well, then in that case, I'll check for you'll be behind. Clearly, I'll uh, check for traps for the uh, the minecart as uh, Carlton suggested. I Perfect. Say, uh, perception check. Y- roll me a perception check. Okay. Uh, Carlton, what was your investigation check? Thirteen. Okay. And you're searching through kind of the leather bags yeah, that are nearby. Okay. You look around, find one nearby, uh, open it up. It's got two silver cat statues inside. The bag itself is just about the size of your palm. It's rotting away. Like when you pick it up, part of it actually falls apart into your hands. And these two small cat statues fall out. One of them is curled up in in a sleeping pose, uh, kind of around itself. The other one is is sitting primly with its back legs on the ground and its front paws kind of in front of it looking straight ahead its ears perked up right, i'm gonna take the perky kitty statue I want, okay should i i want to cast it so detect magic just happens right yeah if you cast detect magic it just happens what's the range on detect magic 30 feet okay so yeah you can pretty easily kind of this room is only about 40 45 feet on either side so you can kind of scan the whole room as carlton opens up this bag and these cat statues appear um those are very clearly magical yeah i got magic kitty statues is another bag off to the side that radiates magic it looks like there's two things in there Ooh, i want to look at them and uh that's all you find that radiate magic. Travancore, what was your detect traps? 12. Okay. You search around. Anything that was holding an object, most of it seems to have either started to rot away or has degraded with age. This has obviously been a room that has been holding things for an incredibly long time. None of the chests are trapped, and you can very easily see that because <laughs> there's very little of it left. Uh, the bags themselves seem to be okay. The room itself seems to be okay, and when you check the minecart, it's a little rickety, but it doesn't seem to have anything attached to it that a minecart wouldn't have, and the actual exit way from here that the minecart would go down also seems to be okay. Hmm. Jonathan, you cast Spider Climb and start climbing the wall. Um, Are you bringing a light source with you? I'm bringing my staff. I'm hooking it onto my back so it's like bouncing around, but it's definitely on my back. Okay. You go about 200 feet. 
straight up. It starts as a marble enclosure and very quickly turns to dirt. And you go about 200 feet up and you've noticed that it's not going straight up. It's actually angling in very, very slowly until about 210, 220 feet up. It's only now about a, a, a six or seven foot wide hole. And as you kind of angle your staff in and take a look, you can see it goes for another 10, 15 feet and then has collapsed in and on itself. And looking around the sides of this hole, you can see some claw marks that you, you don't necessarily identify, uh, but it looks like what wasn't actually propped up with marble or stone. It was just a dirt hole leading up that has slowly started to collapse over time. Hmm. See, if I were a dwarf, do dwarves have the deal where they can sense how far underground they are? I'll take a look. Is there anything else you want to do while you're up there while I take a look at that? I want to investigate the claw marks. I want to see how, like, if this is someone drinking someone else's milkshake, I want to be see if this will lead out to just the the air. Like, just lead out to the, uh, to the surface. Or at least the outhouse. <laughs> Roll me an investigation check. Far away, you hear Bernie say, I do kind of have to go to the bathroom. Uh, 24. Okay. Um, as far as dwarves go, they don't have the thing that you're talking about. If, for, say, Terrace was to come up here, um, she can tell you all about stonework. Um, she gets a proficiency with basically any kind of, of stonework, which would include marble work in this case. Yeah, that's about it. She can tell you a lot about stone and definitely with this being a dwarven mine she might know a little bit more but she's not necessarily going to be able to tell you how far she is underground just by being a dwarf as far as your investigation check go these claws are large this was a large beast and the further up you go the less there are and they seem to be not digging but like something was trying to scramble up the wall uh, but you can't quite make out what it's from. All right. Well, I descend then. If there's nothing else useful up here, I I, I will actually run around. So I'll spiral down. So it's like okay. it's like a series of bananas that, that make a spiral. <laughs> While Jonathan is bananaing, Bernie, uh, you were going over to the bag that had some of the other magic items in it? Yeah, I want to see what the other... And I also want to request Carlton, Carlton, bring, bring your kitty cats over here. I want to look at them because they're magical. Okay, I'll give you one if you give me one of the other bag ones. No, I'm not. We're going to examine them together as a group. This isn't a trade. This is a okay. group examination of magical things. Because what if it comes alive and bites you? Because Carlton likes kitties. I know you like kitties. They're so but, cute. They're but wouldn't you like slots. to know more about them? Like if they're poisonous? Okay. Kitties can be poisonous. I'll help her I've heard look this in the other somewhere. Bag. Would you open okay. the bag in case it bites you? Because I can take a bigger bite. You open the bag. You bring the kitties here. We're going to find out as a group. And when Jonathan comes back down from pretending to be a bug, we're going to figure out what all these kitty cats do. Right, you know, I open, what I, I could do is is I could pull the thing from Exorcist 3 where I'm like spider climbing down the wall all jittery, like in a horror movie. Like, that was fucking terrifying opened the bag as i said it had kind of fallen apart a little bit and taken out one of the cats so you've got one of them all right, I want the other one. and then okay we're gonna um, put them all in a pile and we're gonna see what they're about 
Okay. Bernie, you go straight for the bag that gave you the ping, and there are two things in that bag. One of them is a crystalline tube that is about a foot long. seems to be um, a rolled tube that's about a half a foot wide, and inside of it you can see a scroll. The tube itself is what's giving off the magic the, the magical aura, the scroll that's inside seems to be completely untouched by age. Aha. The other thing that you find is a book. And as you pull the book out, it is a very large leather-bound book. It's got uh, a stained blue cover. Um, it's not a kind of a normal-sized book. It's it's actually almost a foot and a half tall by uh, half a foot wide. It's literally half my size. It's it's a huge book. It's not very thick, but the leather itself is incredibly nice. Uh, it's it's been bound very carefully. There's gold leaf on the front of it that exclaims that this is the instrumental symphony by Folletier. And when you open up the book, the first thing you notice is that everything seems to be written in a weird way. It's not a language. It seems to be musical notation. Uh, and then a piece of paper falls out and falls onto the ground. And when you pick it up, you see that it's a letter that is worn and kind of half destroyed with age. The book itself is pristine. Nothing seems to have touched it. The The whole thing is just as, as if it had been made yesterday. But the letter that falls out, half of it has a, a corrosion mark on it. And kind of an acidic smell comes off of it. And when you pick up the letter, you can see that it seems to be a letter that was in the, the stages of being written. It's, it's kind of in this very neat hand, but it was obviously a like a first draft. Someone who's going to start to write this thing. You see uh, words crossed out and ink marks and everything. And if you give me a second, I'm actually going to text you something. Me? Uh, I Since I'm coming over to her, uh, I want to pull up my pan flute and try to play some of the notes in the book. Okay. Love. Are you actually trained in performance? Uh, not in performance, but I am in the pan flute. Okay. I, uh, well, you can't be... So you're proficient in the pan flute, but are you trained in the skill of performance? No, it would be a straight-up charisma check, but proficient with pan flute. Okay. I'd, go ahead and give me a performance check. Oh, that's not good. It'll be a five after my proficiency with the pan flute. Okay, you're looking over Jewel's shoulder, which is super easy for you. You pull out your pan flute because you've played enough to recognize this as music. And it is super hard. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I can't read music. I could just play it. Travancore, what are you doing right now? Well, I did my uh, my check. I'd like to, you said there's like an alleyway that behind the minecart where there's like a little passageway, but it's like really small though, right? Yeah, it looks like it's meant to be for the minecart to travel down. It's only about three and a half feet tall. All right, I got your text. Uh, Travancore, so as you're examining this this passageway, it's obviously a minecart passageway. So it's it's just tall enough for the minecart and maybe another foot on top of it. And it the cart, it's or the track itself extends out into the darkness. Okay, hypothetically, would Shadow be strong enough to push the minecart if I could, like duck down into it if I got in. As you kind of mull that over, Shadow comes over and you see him nudge up against the minecart, the empty minecart, and it's rickety, but it seems to be whole and he very easily pushes it. All right, I'm going to hop in the minecart and see where this thing takes me. 
Uh, Travancore hops in the minecart and you give a couple of, of instructions to Shadow and he starts pushing you down this minecart track. He is short enough as a bear that he actually fits really nicely. He's kind of minecart sized. And so he has no problem just button you along. You don't really add that much weight. You go about 70 feet before the cart, uh, the track itself starts to dip down a little bit. And so the cart starts to speed up. And it kind of gets away from Shadow a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh, it's not a sharp decline. It's it's a little one. And so now you're kind of going at a decent clip. And then it starts to go up. And it goes down a little bit. And then up. And then down a little bit. And up. And down a little bit. And up. And after a pretty intense minecart ride, it, it finally evens out a little bit. And you feel it spiral to the right. And then slow down. And then it goes... And it leans off to the left a little bit and comes to a little bit of an abrupt halt. Uh, not so sudden that you can't brace yourself. And when you peek your head back out again, you see that the, the cart has come to a stop in a small hole, essentially, that is lit by a torch that is lying on the ground. And despite the fact that it is very clearly lying in what looks like a, a very large pile of poo... It's brightly lit and, and burning happily. And the cart itself has stopped and fallen off of tracks that have finally come to an end. And when you look around, you see that this is, it's a, it's a very small kind of circular dirt hole in the ground. It seems to be maybe 10, 15 feet wide. And when you look up, you can see very, very faintly uh, in the, the distance on top of you, a little bit of sunlight. Well, I think I found the outhouse. All right. So while you contemplate that, Bernie, you've read the letter. Yes. Uh, Carlton has tried to play some of the music from the book. Jonathan, what are you doing? Uh, well, when I get within 60 feet, I decide, you know what? These guys need a little bit of a, a disconcerting image. So like at 70 feet, I put my uh, my staff back in my, my deal so I'm not carrying it. And last 60 feet, I, I horror jitter... Uh, bug crawl down the side of the uh down the side of the thing so i'm like all right give me a performance check Ooh, nice uh bernie and, your ass. bernie and carlton i would love you to give me go ahead and give me wisdom saving throws Ooh. i Ooh. get a 17 well i'm fucked i got an 18 well does it your stone okay. give you wisdom saving throw as well or is it just intelligence i've already added all my stuff to my wisdom so including the stone including the stone the stone is a plus one to wisdom saving throws and that's added in it's literally i have a plus eight right now so okay got an 18 it's pretty good bernie has kind of an amazing wisdom okay jonathan you cock your head in as weird a way as you can and skitter down the side uh making kind of these (coughs) noises and carlton you hear it and look up and in the semi-darkness without really knowing what's up there and already having forgotten that Jonathan went up that way, you see something in the dark, something menacing, something awful, and draw your sword immediately. And Bernie, you look up, seeing this movement, and see Jonathan up there with his head cocked in a weird way, making weird noises. And in order to punish Jonathan for being doing this, I look at Carlton, I go, oh my god, it's spider kill it with fire, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, I grab a hand axe and I toss it. I don't have fire. I have hand axes. Oh, we'll make fire. Roll an attack. Me? 
No, Carlton. He said he pulled out a hand axe and tossed 15. it at the spider. Uh, Jonathan, what's your AC? 15. All right. Carlton, go ahead and roll damage. Uh, hold on. That is a... Wait a minute. Is that at max range? Doesn't he get a range penalty? Rut row. Uh, uh, the what's range your... is 60 feet on a hand axe. Oh, yeah, okay. you're easily within 60 feet at this point. Right, you said uh, that you were coming down. So that's a roll nine. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look at how much. Oh, you're fine. Jonathan, you take nine points of damage I as this it. hand axe comes flying out of Carlton's hand. And I need you to make. Whatever it is, I make it. <laughs> I would like you to make a constitution saving. Uh, like I said, I make it. 13? Okay. Uh, no, it's managed... like 17, but. Okay. You managed to hold on to the spider climb despite. Uh, just getting uh, a chunk pulled out of your shoulder by this hand axe. All right. I So I'm going to do a uh, a little bit of a flourish here. We'll see how much of a flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good flourish. 12 uh, dexterity. So I'm going to like, I'm going to go upside down, feet first off the wall and do like a, like, it, it looks weird. So I like, I turn upside down. I come around. I do a little roll up to Carlton. And I'm like, found this. You give him back his axe. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. Your your landing isn't perfect uh, with a twelve between the wound in your shoulder and the uh, the twelve. Your your it's not quite the three point superhero landing. It's more of a well. No, a no, four I wasn't point. going for that. I'm, let me. Uh, do you remember Valdo from Soul Calibur? Very vaguely. So like a lot of times he would like get himself up by like weirdly unhinging everything and just like. Like that's what I do. I don't. I don't like kip up or do like a like a commando roll or anything. I like I un I I un unsettlingly come off the wall. Okay, you very unsettlingly come off the wall. It's not the most graceful or the most when you land. It it's a little you you shake a little bit and it's like oh I'm about to fall over. Oh no wait I don't and you hand back the axe. I say thanks. I I could have sworn you were a face spider. Uh, you gotta watch out for the face fighters, friend. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. All right, Travancore, what are you and Shadow doing now that you've okay. found yourself in an outhouse? I want to do like an, I don't know, perception check or investigation. I want to see how high up it is, get a feel for a little bit more about the, the room. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception check. Okay. Ugh, eight. It's very high. It's hard to see, fortunately. It, it can't be too high because you can see sunlight, so it must be during the day outside. Okay. Um, the walls themselves seem to just be dirt, but yeah, this this there's some poo on the floor, and this this torch is just sitting burning in poo. And Shadow comes up to you and is like, oh, and kind of buries his nose in in the side of your shirt. Oh yeah. All right. Well, and Shadow can climb because he's a bear. I'm trying to see whether he's strong enough to be able to. I want to see. If I were to tie a rope around myself and another rope around and the rope around Shadow, would he be able to climb up to wherever the top is and carry me with he him? He could. He could definitely try. Let's give it a shot. So what I need to roll to see if I can do that. Uh, well, so you you tie the rope. That is not difficult at all. And sure. you're gonna Shadow's gonna go first, and you're gonna he's gonna pull you up, or are you gonna climb together, like rappel together in case one of you falls? Maybe that second one sounds better. Are you okay on belay? I don't know what that means. That would be the word for it. Excellent. <laughs> All right. That is not a word I've heard for a long time. I rock climb. Uh. <laughs> I need the both of you to make athletics checks. Athletics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I got negative two for mine. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, this is going to be good for an athletics. 
So seven. Seven for you. And then for Shadow, he's gonna have. I don't think he gets any bonus for athletics at all. Athletics is tied to strength. Strength. Oh, he might actually. Yeah, he gets a plus two. Shadow gets a thirteen. Okay, so both of you start to climb. Shadow is using his claws to kind of dig into the soft dirt. It stinks. Like, this is definitely the bottom of an outhouse, and there's splatter against the walls that you don't even want to think about. But Shadow dutifully starts climbing, and he's a bear, so he's doing pretty well. You're following next to him, and your hand immediately about 10 feet up starts to slip. And you don't find any purchase. And within a a moment, you are now swinging at the bottom of the rope. Uh, about 10 feet off the ground, uh, held up by Shadow, and I need him to make a uh, I need him to make a strength saving throw. Okay, strength is his plus two, so... Oh my gosh. 17! Uh, Shadow digs in and holds you fast long enough so that you can once again grab purchase on the poo-covered wall. Uh, well, I'm already covered in poo anyway, so it's a little more. <laughs> what would you like to do? You're going to keep going up? Let's keep going. All right. Uh, so... Give me two more um, athletics checks for the two of you. All right. Me first? Yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. So negative one. <laughs> and shadow. Yes! <laughs> natural point. We had opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh I love it. Oh, my God. So drink oh. twice. A natural one and a natural 20. Everybody drink. I guess being the wow. viceroy of Glen means you spend a lot of time indoors not doing your own labor. <laughs> Wow. So you grab a hold of the wall and reassure Shadow that everything is okay. And Shadow starts to climb. And you immediately lose your grip again. And you don't really fall because you were already at the bottom of the rope anyway. And Shadow doesn't really feel any difference and continues to climb up the wall a good, like, 40 feet before finally you're like, Shadow, Shadow, hey, Shadow. And then he stops. And you are now hanging about 70 feet off the ground by the rope tied around Shadow, who is just dutifully clawed into the wall. All right. Well, despite the I just fact- want to tell you, Shadow has 11 points of health. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just thought you might want to know that when you fall and the bear falls on you, the bear will still take damage. Okay. Well, throwing I mean, that I'm- out there. I'm already 40 feet, and we saw sunlight, so, I mean, how, how close? You're, like, 70 how, feet. 70. You, you, you went up about 40 feet in the first climb. You went up just about another 30 feet in the second part of the climb. So now you can you can clearly see the top of this thing, the sunlight coming through. It looks to be a bright, sunny day. It's about another 40 to 50 feet above you before you can see stonework and the uh, the top of what you think is the top of this outhouse. And you're just swinging on the rope under shadow. All right. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna try and try this one more time. So you you manage to swing back over and grab the wall, and kind of brace yourself again. And I need the both of you to make me one last athletics check. You first. Okay. I get a four, <laughs> and then Shadow gets a gets a six. <gasps> this is not good. Mm. Hmm. You you grab a hold of the wall, and you're like, it's okay, Shadow, it's okay. And he starts to climb again, and you get about two feet, and then your foot slips out from you, and you fall a good five feet before the, the rope goes taut. And then Shadow 
uh, he started to reach where the actual stonework of the bottom of this mine is. So it's not so much digging into dirt as kind of scrabbling onto stone. And he loses his grip. The two of you start to fall, and they do need you both to make dexterity saving throws. Well, at least there's a stat that I'm kind of good at. Okay, so I'm going to go first. Yeah, let's do you and then do Shadow. Oh, thank God. Oh, natural 20. Everybody drink. I need to get more beer now. <laughs> and roll for Shadow. Of course. Oh, thank God. Dex. Oh, he didn't get any bonus. That's fine. Here we go. Double oh, natural 20! Oh my god! Oh my god, you lucky sons of bitches. Holy shit. Uh, okay. I have to kill you. You were gonna you fall on your feet. Yeah. Oh. Alright. Shadow loses his, his grip on the stonework. And for a horrifying moment, the two of you begin to fall. And for about five feet, the two of you plummet through the air before Shadow reaches out quickly. And just grabs the side of the the top of the stonework that you're at. And you dig in with your feet and grab the rope and halt your progress. And for a moment, the two of you just basically stop the flow of time and grab the wall. And you've only dropped about five feet, but now the two of you are once again gripped into the wall tightly. You've managed to, like, scramble up a few feet so you're no longer hanging from shadow, breathing heavy. And you're okay. And suddenly there's a new smell of poo in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mine. Um, you take a moment and breathe and kind of you move up with, with, with your 20 and his 20. You manage to move up a little bit. And so you're kind of next to each other and you look each other in the eye. And it's, it's just basically just dirt and now the, the stonework. And you can see, even after falling about five feet, you can see 20 feet above you. The entrance to this outhouse. Um, it is going to only fit one of you at a time. Okay. If you would like to try again. So, do I have an option to just hang off a shadow and just let him do the hard work? Because clearly he has an advantage. Uh, you do, but then he... it's going to be harder for him to do that work. So I almost died the last time I tried to do this. So um... It's... Uh, it... If you're hanging off of him, his challenge is going to be more difficult. Got it. Okay, I understand. All right. Um, well, all right. I'm going to try this one more time. Me Maybe first Shadow's and Shadow. First. I need a athletics check from you and then Shadow. Seven for okay. me. Okay. And then Shadow. Four. Fuck. <laughs> uh, stop okay. Fate. You guys are exhausted and now frightened. Even after that kind of dexterous, amazing moment in where you saved yourself from certain death, it's it's been a rough climb. And you 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 tell Shadow, it's okay, boy, come on, let's go, just a little bit further. And he starts to climb, and you start to climb, and at the same time, your strength gives out. And they need you both to make dexterity saving throws again. Oh okay. I am literally on the edge of my fucking seat right now. I have... Cantrips that can fix this, I think. 18 oh, for God. me. And okay. <gasps> Three. Okay. You, once again, dexterously, kind of, you've, you've been doing this a while now, and so it's almost like you're used to it. Grab hold of the dirt. You actually kind of find a, a vine on the right-hand side that you're able to hold on to, and very quickly, within about five feet, you grab hold and steady yourself, and Shadow goes... 
falling past you. And I need you, Travancore, to make a strength saving throw. That's, oh boy. Yeah. And I should be at disadvantage of that. I should like this. Oh boy. No, you're not at disadvantage. You just have a negative two. Just, I just yeah, need I you to make right. it straight. May Queen Bay smile upon you. She Three. did not. <gasps> Shadow's weight falls to the end of the, the rope, and you do your best. But he is an a he's a young adult bear, and your your grip just is gone. And the two of you fall. And Pooh's pretty soft. Yeah, there's a lot of poo. That should impact that should absorb the impact, right? All the poo. You you both fall and land on the ground. It's okay. I have a spell for that later. <laughs> for soft poo? No, no, no for, for climbing, climbing up walls. Okay, I need you both to make one final dexterity saving throw while I roll some dice. Here we go. Can we hear them scream? 17 for myself, 9 for Shadow. Okay, uh, both of you take 17 points of bludgeoning damage Oof. as you hit the ground hard. You're still alive. Uh, I'm still the alive. Poo, Shadows down to z- under zero. The the poo softens your landing in a in a weird way. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, Shadow is knocked unconscious. You manage to you fall. Uh, you actually kind of have fallen on top of him and then Ooh. bounced off. And then so you're you're not hurt as as much as you think you could have been, considering how far you fell. Okay. Can I do like a medicine check to like stabilize him? Uh, yes, if you want to do a medicine check, just or roll a d20 and add your medicine. Um, call me and I, and I need Jonathan, Whoa. Bernie, and Carlton to make perception checks. Okay, Travancore, what'd you get for your medicine? Nine. You go over to Shadow, but you're exhausted from the climb, you're freaked out from the fall, and seeing your bear unconscious on the ground is freaking you out, and you're, you, you don't know what to do. You're, you're kind of in a panic, and you call out in your panic. Uh, Carlton, what was your perception? 23. And Jonathan? Uh, 13. And Bernie? 14. Okay. Carlton, you very clearly hear Travancore from down the the minecart track calling for help. And he, he sounds panicked. And, and I'll also roll for Terrace real quick. On a good note, he's not She hears it as well. She hears he that with not. a natural 20, so I'm going to drink. drink. She heard it better than I did. So Terrace rolls a natural 20, so she, she gets a 21. <laughs> How long was I climbing about? Um, Not terribly long. It was maybe just a couple of minutes. I run, they basically... I run, across, I run down the path and then up the ceiling. Jonathan, you didn't hear anything. Oh, but they did, right? Uh, so Carlton and Terrace very clearly hear the panicked, almost sadness-filled call of Travancore as it echoes down this hallway. And Tara startles and says, "What was that? Didn't they?" And she goes over to the the entrance way to this minecart track. Carlton, what do you do? I relay that I hear that Jack is in tr- or Travicor is in trouble, and I do what I said. I, I run, and then as I run along the path, I start running along the wall I and up the like... wall, and then I run upside down. Are you going down the the minecart tunnel? Yeah. Okay, it is only about three and a half feet tall. So, <laughs> Jonathan. You kind of fit, but you're like half stooped over and it's going to be hard to run. Tara, seeing you dart forward, runs in and being a dwarf, she is actually, she just has to like duck down a okay, little bit. You know so what I do? I put my, uh, I put my staff on my back and I, and I four paddle run. I like, ah, I run like an animal along the, uh, the side of the wall. I run like okay. a xenomorph. Okay. okay. Carlton, what are you doing? 
Uh, I'm still checking this room out because that that hallway is only three and a half feet. You don't. Yeah, fit. you're you're not gonna fit. I Bernie, might be able to fit my army crawl through, but that's gonna take a while and clog up the drain. So I'm gonna <laughs> let everybody else run down there, and I'll come in last. All I right, see, Bernie, what are you doing? I see Lassie. What do you hear? And at this point, the three of the are uh, Jonathan and Terrace are gone. They're down the. I heard the hall. a crash and then a cry for help. Okay. Well, you stay here because you're big. And I am a big. That hole's like me size, so I'm just going to run like a normal person because I fit. Okay. So you're going to go running down the hole? Yeah, I'm going to go running down the hole. Okay. Being a gnome, it is perfectly comfortable for you to run down. And, and you and Terrace, despite usually being the short people in the group who have a hard time keeping up, this you're in your element now. And Jonathan's kind of galloping along on the side of the wall in a really weird way. And I'm like, peace, homie, as I go by. <laughs> I need, uh, we're going to have all three of you make athletics checks. Uh, Travancore, I need Shadow to make a death saving throw. Oh, boy. Damn it. <laughs> Nobody's good at athletics right now. Well, Terrace is actually excellent at athletics. I'm pretty good. I got a 16. Okay. Bernie is not necessarily the most athletic person, but the call of someone who is injured sparks something within her, and she just goes running. Terrace her her muscular legs and her just um athletic build she is just sprinting along like nobody's business jonathan you're trying to look cool and you kind of end up half falling off the side of the wall onto the ground after right yourself and keep going and it's you're not used to running like a dog what are you doing i'm trying my best also this is what this is what uh bernice heard she heard off in the distance guardian down <laughs> Okay. And then she heard um, a lawsuit spring up from somewhere you, on another world. You guys uh, take the dip down, and then you're you're basically kind of starting to do the uphill run, and where it goes up, and down a little bit, and up, and then down a little bit, and up, and down a little bit, and I need the three of us to make uh, some more uh, athletics checks. And Travancore, I need Chatter to make another... What was his first death saving throw? Nine. I need you to make another death saving throw. Okay. I got a 16. Oh, thank God. 15. Okay. So Shadow has failed one and has saved once. Bernie, what'd you get? I got a 16. And Jonathan, what'd you get? I got I got a five. <laughs> okay. And uh, Terrace got a 14. So Terrace and Bernie continue to book down this tunnel, even as it's now getting more and more difficult to run. And they're having to use some of the greats of the actual minecart to 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 run along uh jonathan you immediately as you start to climb you're like <laughs> to be fair to... if i was getting winded it'd be a con saving throw yes but you're you're trying to run on all fours in a very tight confined space not in a way that you're used to yeah you didn't train for that in the gym but the two short people <laughs> that are wasn't just... part of crossfit that was not. Uh, two short Cross people wizard. are just booking it up this thing like they're in minecarts. It's amazing. Whizfit. I need Travancore to make one more death saving throw for Shadow and the rest of us to make one more uh, athletics check. All right. What did Shadow get? 13. All right. He saves again. Bernie, what'd you get? I got a 15. Okay. Uh, Terrace got a 20. Jonathan, what'd you get? 12. Okay. You gather yourself and take a second and then start climbing and you've Lost all pretense of trying to look cool doing it. You are now just intent on getting up this damn minecart track. And you're starting to make progress. Bernie, you and Terrace 
um, just continue to charge through this tunnel and then very quickly arrive at the end, veer around the minecart, and now you're in the bottom of this well. You see Travancore just over the the uh, figure of his bear who has obviously is not breathing and not moving. And Terrace arrives and says, uh, in Dwarvish, she says something that, uh, Bernie, do you speak Dwarvish? Uh, yeah, I think so. Do you recognize as a prayer to some god, she doesn't mention the god, and rushes forward. And Bernie, you and uh, Terrace are now there with Travancore and Shadow. Okay, I guess I should rush forward, and I look at Travancore, and I say, you are a fucking idiot. But I love you, so I'm going to save your bear. Again. Again. Okay, what would you like to do? I'm going to cast Spare the Dying. Okay. Spare the Dying. Basically, I touch a living creature that has zero hit points, becomes stable, spells no effect on the undead. I'm going to rub my hands together, and I'm going to lick a finger and tap the bear on the nose and go, Okay. Uh, he doesn't come to consciousness because he's still technically at zero hit points, but he is no longer making death saving throws and he is stable. And you see him breathing again and and he is okay. Since I do have like first level spell slots out the wazoo right now. Well, not anymore. I am going to then cast Cure Wounds. Okay. So you're going to touch his nose and go double boop. Double boop. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, what What were you thinking about the climbing and the poop and, and the climbing and the poop? Well, you don't you don't know what he was doing. Okay, you, then what you were have... you doing? What were you doing? Thought we'd get out. You didn't see Spider-Man back there? You didn't want to wait for him? Good. No, he didn't, actually. He gets 12 points. So All now right. he's at 12. Yeah, he went down the minecart as soon as Spider-Man took action. So uh, Shadow comes to consciousness. You see his eyes flicker open. He raises his head with 12 hit points and looks at the two. And then very gently, Bernie licks your hand. And I say, look at Shadow. And I say, in the future, your job is to keep him from doing dumb things. <laughs> and he stands up and he kind of brushes himself off a little bit and then he goes and he rubs up against Travancore and uh Travancore you could swear that he gives you a little bit of a shoulder check like a hey hey you okay and uh, Jonathan just about now you you show up on all fours <laughs> hands covered in dirt and poo wait a minute no i haven't <laughs> run in poo yet i've just been running you in strictly carts no it's not your your hands are covered in poo. You finally stand up for the first time since this whole ordeal and see Travancore and Shadow looking a little worse for wear. Bernie looking looking frazzled and Travis uh Travis uh, Terrace looking relieved. Man, crawling through that that tunnel back there, it is the worst. It's the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. Oh my bay. And I say, Jonathan, read the room. Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> Terrace goes up to Travancore and says are you okay my friend that was a foolish risk considering what we're up against it's the last one I'll take Shadow I won't let that happen again I'm not gonna let my pride override my judgment we're gonna play it safe we have to and Shadow kind of nuzzles you a little bit and and, and Terrace says, looks up and thinks a second and says, you you tried to climb that. 
You want to know the scary thing? We almost made it. That is, that is impressive, my friend. I say, I would Terrace. like to have been there. Rope, rope me, pal. I hit him, but not hard enough for it to hurt. Just a like, don't do it again. Who, Jonathan or Travancore, Travancore. the bear? No. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna okay. leave it to our uh, to our wizard friend. I hold out my hand and say, "Rope me, friend." All right, I hand him a rope. I step away from him, make sure I'm not tied to it anyway. I'm gonna let Jonathan do his his biz. Okay, you untie the rope from you and Shadow and hand it on over. Terrace also hands her rope on over as she can read the the length of this. And I'm assuming you are going to take both and... And I'm going to make sure they're tied together so we have a, a long rope. And then I'm going to walk up the, the side of the wall and then out the house, outhouse. And then once I'm up, I'm going to find something to tie the rope around. Okay, you make the spider walk all the way up. You make it through the the little five-foot opening, and yep, there you are in kind of the the destroyed outhouse. The ceiling of this outhouse has been uh, reduced to just a couple of splinters of wood and is letting the sunshine in. You can see it's about midday. It's about noon-ish, and it's a bright blue sunny day. There's nothing... The outhouse itself is literally just a hole in the ground, but you are able to find uh, some of the pillars that the the original part of the outhouse was built seem to be fairly steady and and don't wobble at all in the in the dirt. You tie the rope around, you tie the two bits of of fifty foot rope to each other, let it down, and it's gonna fairly easily reach the bottom. All right, I I come back down. And I'm like, all right, let's get our loot. Let's get out of here. Okay. Actually, and I, I I think about I think about it for a second. I'm like, oh crud! And so I turn to Bernie. I'm like, Bernie, what magical stuff did we find? I assume assume she tells us what what she found. Um, we found like this really really cool poster tube that's made of crystal, and it's pretty and it's magical, and it's got something in it, but we haven't opened up. We found two magical kitty cats. That I think Carlton is going to insist that he keeps because I'm pretty sure he thinks they're real kitty cats. But well, we'll Carlton have... kept one and you have the other, oh, so I have you the other you do have one. Cat. Yeah, because was... he handed over one for you to look at. All right. Well, we will. Uh, you might have to do a check on that. I think I have it in my bag. I have a letter, and we also have a book that has songs in it. Wait, no masks. No. No masks. masks. Carlton, you can also see, and, and all of you would have seen, there also is just a lot of gold and silver lying about, and there were a couple of casks that you hadn't looked at yet. I'm going to take my Explorer's Pack and kind of empty it out and shore up the leg holes of the Bernie saddle uh, with like stuff that's in there, and then fill the Bernie saddle with as much gold and silver as I can, and fill the Explorer's Pack with as much stuff, and then I want to go through the casks. Okay. You managed to find uh so you basically just scoop i mean these are piles of gold and silver the bernie saddle you you managed to shore up pretty well it's it's basket sized we'd say i'll say um and so you kind of fill the thing and without counting you're you're unsure but there's probably about 150 200 gold pieces in there easily which we are splitting 
And then you walk over and check out the casks. Um, two or three of them are very large. And when you check them out, you can smell alcohol. But as soon as you open up one of them, you see that it's they've mostly rotted and fallen to pieces. And any of the alcohol that was in them has long since seeped out and evaporated. Uh, but you do find a smaller cask. It is about uh, a foot and a half tall about you know half a foot around that still seems to be sealed and it's got the dwarven symbol for uh tobacco on the outside and when you take a sniff you can or you you can feel that there's still stuff in there and when you take a sniff you can kind of still smell it through the wood and it seems to be untouched okay i open it up and i roll myself a cigarette okay you pry open the top it's it's been sealed so it's going to be kind of hard to seal it again um it's very fine stuff you roll this up uh and start to what do you light it with wait where are your rolling papers coming from i have a tinder box yes my, oh you have a tinder okay do tinder boxes have rolling papers uh, hold on so, oh i assumed that you had like a pipe or something yeah i have a pipe okay, okay. stuff it into the pipe in my explorer's pack i believe that okay. comes with it right yeah uh, this this is really fine dwarven pipe tobacco. Like it just smells fantastic. And as you puff away, a calm overcomes you that you haven't felt in a while. As you just kind of sink into this moment and puff away. I want to bake this into some brownies. It's not that kind of drugs. <laughs> um, there's still quite a bit of gold lying about, and there's still the the carved wooden mantle on the right hand side. So I want to continue scooping gold into my explorer's pack and then check out the mantle. Okay, while you're doing that, uh, what are the rest of you doing? I am checking out all of the magical items. Okay, uh, let's start with the kitty cat. Go ahead and roll me an arcana check. Uh, 18. This cat, um, you've got the one that was kind of sitting upright. No, I have you the perky get... one. She has the sleeping one. Okay, you've got the, the sleeping one. Uh, it sits in your hand. It feels a little warm to the touch. And as you concentrate your arcana on it, you can feel as though... Um, this cat is symbolic of life and death. And this is a silver cat of saving. And if you are carrying this statue and fail a death saving throw, the statue turns it into a success and then immediately vanishes. All right. Well, let's check out the uh, the poster tube and see if it's got a sweet fish Hold poster Hold on. It. It's my cat, right? Yeah. I hand it to Travi and I say, never let this happen again okay all right well i've got uh i might not always be here you now have this silver cat it's about palm sized uh it's curled up uh, in a sleeping position and as long as you have it on you if you ever have to make a death saving throw and you fail it automatically turns it into a success hmm. jonathan give me a uh, arcana check on the crystalline 23 tube. okay it's not locked in any way. It doesn't seem to be a locking mechanism. In fact, as soon as you examine it, you can very clearly see where it and opens up. Uh, the tube itself reminds you a lot of the Everfresh box. It is specifically designed to keep whatever is in it from degrading with time. And it is uh, meant to be used only with non-living items. So you... As you open it up and pull out the piece of paper that was inside, you can see that although this uh, this piece of paper is must have been as old as everything else in this room, it is still fresh and completely readable. Looking over this document, you can see that it is an official deed to a, a tower 
Um, you can see that it's actually written out as a deed to Wendrigod's tower. It lists uh, off as the property of Wendrigod Mathis. And while it doesn't list a location, it specifically says... Uh, it's a notarized deed to Wendrigod's tower listed, quote, in the Western Heartlands. But it doesn't list a specific location. Well, got me a tower. Now let's see about this book. I okay. want to, like, since I brought him all this shit, I want to be like, you like books and things and stuff like that. Why don't you keep this? This looks... Well, I get an okay. 11 on the book. Okay. It's definitely magical, but you can't quite figure out exactly what it is. As you open it up, you can see, uh, as you examine it closely, that it is seven distinct movements of a symphony written by this gentleman that on the on the cover of the book that you were all able to see is a gentleman named Falatir. Does the name uh, does the name mean anything to me? Go ahead and roll a history check. Whoa, twenty three. Drink. I'm. Damn. That was a natural twenty. I'm sorry, not twenty three. Twenty seven. All right. It, 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 the he fuck out of this. So I wrote my dissertation on this guy. I wrote my master's thesis, and then I presented it, and everybody at my defense really liked it. They thought he was a really cool guy. You are not normally a performer, and music has never been your field of study. But at some point in your past, you do remember reading about this bard named Folletier, who is apparently as close to the patron saint of bards as you can get. He was a legendary performer in his time. There was actually a college named after him um, when there were still seven legendary colleges for bards to go to. Is it like the Juilliard of, of bard? Uh, he, he's kind of the, the Bernstein of bards. He was the, the end all and be all of performers. And you seem to remember that he's responsible for creating some truly legendary instruments in his time. But that part is a little bit more fuzzy. But yeah, you, he is, he is kind of the, the patron saint of all bards today. All right. Well, we didn't. We apparently also didn't find anything to help us fight and defeat a blue dragon. But there's that mantle, right? There's a mantle. Okay, there's a let's thing let's with check the out mantle. the mantle. Uh, I'm, Why I'm, would you have a mantle if you didn't have a fireplace? I don't know. That's weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Well, y'all go take take it out. I'm gonna go to the corner and use the uh, the little wizard's room. Okay. Um. I assume you're gonna stay here in the poo hole. Um. <laughs> Because it's really, really hard for you to make it through that tunnel again. Maybe me and Terrace can go back and check on Carlton. Uh, so Terrace actually pulls off to the side and says, I don't think I feel like making this run. I'm I'm here to help, but I am not here for any of that treasure. So I will, if if you and Travancore would like to return and, and help Carlton in any way, I think I will stay here and, and guard our wizardy Fred. Okay. Travancore, do you want to stay, go? I'm going out of this cave the way I came. So is Shadow. Okay. Does that mean you're getting in the minecart and going back? I guess so. Okay. Can Shadow push us in the minecart with his head? Well, he's got more health than I do at this point, so yeah. You are du- You are the same. You're actually both at 12. Oh, we are? Oh, never mind. Yes. Okay. You're doing okay. I have 10 health, so. Okay. <laughs> Travancore hops in the minecart, and there is plenty of room, Bernie, for you to also hop on in. 
And Shadow seems just as happy to get out of this room as Travancore is and pushes the minecart. And it actually, once again, he pushes for a little bit and then it doesn't take long before the natural up and down and up and down and up and down of the track just takes over and gently rolls you back into the main room where Carlton is standing smoking a pipe as you roll in and then very shortly after uh, Shadow comes trotting on back after you. And I was going to say, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You know what? I could use some of that. I don't think I have a pipe, though. I give him, I pass him my pipe. I smoke. And I go, puff, puff, pass, bro. Super fine. It is some of the nicest, oldest, most seasoned dwarven tobacco. And as you take a, a long puff. Is it flu cured or is it air cured? I You would need to roll some checks for that. But as you, Travancore, as you take a puff. And feel kind of the calming influence of the tobacco. And you take a second and think about what just happened. And and kind of feel the tension leave your body. And pet Shadow on the head. And it it feels good. It feels it feels better. You're you're better. All right. I hand it back to Carl. I say, you Thanks. good, buddy? You I good, appreciate bro? it, man. Thanks. And I say, hey, little buddy, you want to hit? Um, I'll pass. Um, I want to do a perception check on the mantle, I guess. That's. Whatever. Okay. So am I not doing the mantle check now? You're getting high in the corner, so no. <laughs> yeah, as the two of you are smoking a peace pipe and having a moment, Bernie goes walking over to this mantle. It is huge. It is five feet long and four feet high. It is ash wood and stained medium brown. The left side of it is carved oh. in images of demons and flames. The right side are angels and wind currents. The top is this forest theme with a moon on the left and a sun on the right. And the whole thing is massive. The wood itself is probably half a foot thick. It is... Unlike a lot of the other carvings that you've seen in some of the paintings, this is obviously an art piece to be reckoned with. And it is gorgeous. Uh, and what was your perception check? Um, well, at first I rolled a D8, so that was bad. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Don't do that. But then I rolled a D20 like I'm supposed to because I'm smart. And I got a 16. Okay. You admire this thing for a little while. Obviously, it's supposed to be some kind of of religious theme, but it doesn't quite come to you. You, It's leaning up against the back wall, and because it's so huge, you can actually very easily kind of peek behind it. And you, you see in the back of this thing, the wood mantle is recessed a little bit to allow it for hanging against a couple of nails on the wall. And in that recess, you can actually see a book. Ooh, can I reach my? Can I do a reach my grubby hand in there and pull the book out? Check. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy to grab. The book comes out uh, unlike the other book that you found, which was pristine and huge and magical. This is this very basic leather-bound book. It's it's almost more of a pamphlet. It's so small and it's half destroyed by acid and time. As she's doing that, I'm filling the minecart with all the gold and silver I've been collecting. Okay, you're just handfulling in handfulling gold, buckets of gold, it. gold. All right, Travancore, what are you doing? What are you and Shadow doing? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm actually just going to reinsure Shadow a little bit, just sort of sort of pet him. Um, is there any way I could do one more, like, check to see if there's anything else or any other path or anything? I, I have that scroll. Wait a minute. I have that thing that opens doors. Don't I? I didn't use it yet. Not, uh, scroll of knock, right? 
yeah, so the the purpose of that is if there is a door, secret or otherwise, if it's locked, it'll automatically open. Uh, so if you want to do a, a perception check now that you're kind of back in this room and take another look around to see if there's any other exits, uh, go ahead and, and go ahead and do that. All right. <laughs> I don't see anything. What? I'm still I'm still he, thinking about that primo bud that I was smoking. The dice are like not in yeah. your favor tonight. Right. No, I'm except the two except times for that really one. Were. Sometimes it was amazing, and then the one time. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Between the adrenaline rush and now the calming influence of the tobacco, you just, you don't see anything. And you just kind of get into uh, a moment in where you're kind of zen watching Carlton just go back and forth from gold pile to minecart to gold pile to minecart to gold pile to minecart. Uh, but right. you don't see any so other I turn to Travancore and be like, hey, you take over. I know I'm not going to fit down that tunnel very easily, and I really don't want to walk back through, so I'm going to look for another way out. We could put you in the cart, right? Actually, roll me a perception check. 20, unnatural. Okay. So, Travancore's been kind of looking around this room, and he doesn't really see any any other exits. And Carlton says this thing about he's not going to make it down that hole. There's just no way. And Travancore says, hey, buddy... Come here for a second, because you've been in this minecart a couple of times, and you're like, he's not going to be able to walk down this hole, but he'll fit in this minecart. Uh, Carl, when you come on over, you take a look. You're going to have to like lie down in the fetal position, and it won't be comfy, but you'll actually fit in the minecart. Okay. But there's no doors? Uh, not. Well, you were looking to just see whether you could fit in the minecart. No, I said I was looking for another way out. Oh. Uh, you do not see any. There is the minecart track. Okay. There is the passageway you came from and there is the hole straight up that leads to nowhere okay so so with all the gold i've thrown in there i can still fit in the cart uncomfortably uh yeah i mean it's a large cart i mean travancore when you and bernie hopped in uh there was still plenty of room like jonathan and terrace could have also fit into this mine cart basically everybody but uh shadow and carlton can very easily fit together and then the two of them would have to can it. I judge, given that I know how big I am, how much gold I can actually fit in there before I can't fit yeah. anymore? All right. Then I'm going to fill it up to the max point where I and the gold can fit. Okay. As he's doing this, Bernie, you take a look over this book that you found. The title of this thing is called On the Domination of Dragons by Wendegrod Mathis. Oh, that makes sense. And it is, as I said, it's kind of half destroyed by acid and time. But you've now taken a few minutes and flipped through it. It is small. It's obviously a proof. It it seems to be the first print of a test run, uh, which is why it's kind of cheaply done. The first few chapters are actually blatantly stolen. You recognize them very clearly from other chapters on famous from famous dragon encyclopedias, specifically the Draconomicon by Arturus. Like the first chapter is just wholeheartedly word for word pulled from that. And there seems to be these other smaller passages that are pulled from scholarly dragon lore. They're all about all the basics of dragons, physical aspects, behavior, life cycle, anything that especially you guys having done all of this research, would know about dragons. About halfway through this booklet pamphlet thing, new material finally starts to pop up. And it's wild speculation, ramblings, wives' tales, myths, legends, and some attempts at scientific research specifically into magically dominating the will of chromatic dragons. Uh, Wendragod is going through 
tales and uh, ideas about how to dominate the will of evil dragons specifically. He very quickly dismisses outright the use of magical artifacts. And the book actually says, quote, once the artifact is lost or damaged, the domination will end. And end quote. And so he decides that the only way to actually fully dominate the will of a dragon is to actually have the will and the control kind of akin to breaking a horse. He believes it's some combination of strength, willpower, knowledge, and just the right approach. The book is too damaged to learn exactly what his method was, and even his own ramblings are, are pretty unsure. It's a lot of just be strong enough to do it. It does conclude he's not been successful and that his research and his theories will continue, but due to the damage of the book and the time that it's been kind of stuck in the back of this mantle, that's all you can really get out of it. Okay. And now we need to drink because that was a lot of talking. Um, should... He's either a quack or a genius. Well, he's got this letter. So the letter says, My dear Alessa, the 2,000 gold that the governor is offering is a small, that's crossed out and he wrote insulting, pittance for my services. But the allure of finding attempt, finally attempting my method on a young dragon is too good an opportunity to pass up. My pride will be fine. Obviously, his pride is not fine. I'll pass it off as charity, and these ignorant slobs will view me as a savior. And then he says, reports are it is a young green dragon. He says, I wish it was a white. I'm assuming he means the dragon? And that's crossed out. And while I would prefer to test my method on a less intelligent chromatic, what are you guys laughing at? Oh, um, the whole, I assume it was a white. I, assume, I thought you were saying assuming it was a dragon as opposed to, I don't know. Oh, a dude. No, this isn't a race thing for once. Um, White privilege. <laughs> no, he said, yeah, he crosses eye. He said, I wish it were a, was a white. So I'm assuming that's a dragon. I don't know. I'm not really big on dragons. And our dragon guy is like over there at the pile of poo. Um, I have every confidence in my abilities. An adult may pose a challenge, but certainly my willpower is stronger than a worm fresh from the egg. I've set up in the fort outside of the town that services their marble mine. It's harsh and uncomfortable, so long before our friends got there. And every day, waiting for this dragon to appear, I miss my plush tower. Oh, by the way, Carlton, we own a tower now. Woo! Tower party. Tower yeah, party. Yeah, forget that stupid old fort. Yo, can we have, like, on the roof, like, a big-ass swimming pool and, like, a garden and we can, like, throw dank-ass parties? Sure. Whatever you want. Hopefully the beast will reveal itself soon. And once I have it under control, I will take hours, minutes, half a day. No time at all to ride it back home. Please do your best to memorize the faces of the slobs in Subar. I think that's where his tower is. I don't know about Subar. But S-O-U-B-A-R. Am I pronouncing You would right? know without a check. Uh, Subar is the name of a town up north. Well, that's good. If you have a vague idea where it is, probably once you see a map, you'd be able to, to find it. But you do know that is the name of a town up north. Cool. Maybe that's where's Tower. And do we like the north? Is that like a pleasant place to be? Isn't the army Depends. between us the north? Well, then we'll just get rid of the army and move into the We'll tower. banana around the army. We'll banana <laughs> around the army. Perfect. And if need be, use a flanking conga line. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> It'll be musical. We are basically, I just realized, we are the Carmen Miranda of D&D teams. Who that? Well, we'll have a conversation later. All right. She's a um, lady from another realm, I think. 
When I fly over, Master of Dragons, I look forward to your detailed descriptions once I'm home. Especially your father. That was crossed out. Somebody's got daddy issues. Okay. Uh, maybe your father will finally give me the respect I deserve. You keep denying my advances, but I know it's your boorish brood of a this ends. And then the second half of the letter is destroyed enough to be illegible. So I've got a feeling we have a tower in Subar, which sounds like Fubar, which makes me worry about the condition of the town. But we have a tower and mm. your bear's alive. Life yeah. is not too bad. And we're doing we have, okay. Like, all this gold in a mine cart and we can like haul it out. Yeah. It's true. What about Greenish, though? Have... I mean, aren't they under imminent attack? Oh, that's also a thing. But, but we have we'll this book on dominating dragons, and Carlton's feathery girlfriend, he can give her that nice little thing with, like, the, the things, and she can play it, and they'll fall in love and get married, and we'll go to a really feathery wedding. Yo, she would love being on a tower because it's high up, and she's a bird person. So, I probably should that mention this earlier. That logic is minorly sound. But, uh, but my favorite opponent is uh, Draconic slash Dragon. So would that, in light of the information I got, would that give me any extra insight or anything? A little bit. As Bernie reads this letter to you guys and muses about why this guy would w- wish it was a white dragon, um, you know, being these being your favorite em- enemies, whites are particularly stupid for dragons. <laughs> If you, of the pantheon of dragons, whites from from the rural south, <laughs> they're they're not. They're still powerful and dangerous and evil, but they're they're thuggish and brutish and in a, in essence more mindless beast than the refined intelligence of of any of the chromatic dragons. And yeah, on if if his ramblings are true and he's trying to use his will to dominate one of these creatures, then a white dragon would have been, uh, as far as willpower, the easiest to dominate. Willpower and intelligence would not be its strong suit. Hmm. And you would know that. We should probably try to dominate a white dragon to fight the blue dragon. I don't think we're going to find any around. I think that was his problem. Yeah. But up north, there might be white dragons in the north. We don't don't have time. Uh, But at one point, he got good enough to dominate a green. Was he, though? Because that green, uh, judging from what happened up in the ceiling, that green got out. No, the green was the one that we fought. It was just dead. Oh, that's right. Poison breath. Bernie, you would know from looking over the book on the domination of dragons, there's a footnote, and it seems to be the kind of footnote that a self-important person would write if they feel the need to be scientifically accurate but really hate the, the idea of putting something forward that they don't like. His method that he describes, as much as you can read from what's left of the book, is basically dominating a horse. It's breaking a horse. It's finding something young and breaking its will and and becoming its master. Um, but because of the magical essence of dragons, the footnote does say that the one of the main drawbacks to his method is that if it doesn't work the chances of insanity are pretty high hey guys i think i totally unlocked like why this guy was a fucking nut job tried to break a dragon he tried to break a dragon and the dragon broke his mind yes so i'm gonna throw out there that maybe just maybe we don't try to break a dragon 
that's not gonna be how we win this war the problem and i have rejoined the group i guess uh the problem oh, is oh okay we, you've decided to walk on down yeah all right terrace has followed you on down and, and has constantly been like scraping her boots against the side to get the poo off and, and rejoins the room um as as you have started to speak and i say well here's the problem we need to find something to help us win and i don't think that i, I agree that like you trying to break the dragon we just don't have time because this dragon is, is right the fuck here right the fuck now but maybe if i if i take these books back and study them a bit more maybe we can find something uh, something that can help us. It did say that if the artifact is is damaged or lost, that he that the control would be lost. So if they do have a dragon mask, all we have to do is knock it off the guy's head, and that should get rid of the blue dragon. Wait, 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 wait. Also, don't forget that I have the draconic tome of thaumaturgy that I need to return to the library. We're also going to pay a lot of late fees. What about our iron giant? Oh, that's right. You wanted to go see the Iron Giant. No, I just had a thought. His face looks like a mask. Maybe he'd give us his face. Maybe it's the mask. Maybe. Let's let's go back and talk to him. Tara speaks up at this point and says his his head was all made of iron. And if I know my dwarven brethren well, they would never associate themselves with any kind of chromatic dragon. Uh, oh. If you would like to go take a look, I would be more than happy to ask, to help get you back there. But that... Iron beasts seem to be nothing like a dra- a dragon that I can think of. Well, but but could we could we like how does he work? If we come go up and like boop him on the nose, will he become like our friend? Is there is there some way we can maybe bring it back with him to even the odds? Ooh, yes. Would he like to come play with us? I'm assuming that I was thrown in the minecart and brought along to where Jonathan is, right? No, Jonathan came up here. Oh, it came to us. Okay. Yeah, you are all now back in the in the the treasure room. Uh Tara shrugs and says, I'm I'm a soldier. I I leave the magic to other dwarves. So if if you want to go back and try to figure this thing out, I'm more than happy to help you. But... All right. We've got this mine pretty like secured, so let's do this. Let's now. do uh Travancore, Shadow, and uh Carlton. Finish loading up the stuff, get it to the to the outhouse, and and we'll get ready to be able to extract it from the outhouse and rope. So while that's going on, uh, Terrace, Bernie, and I can go see about nabbing ourselves an iron giant. Can I take a oh, short we're splitting rest the party. This and is roll exciting. some hit dice? Because if we're yeah. The party yeah, yeah. and I get nabbed by a giant bat. Yeah, I need now, to. I'm I just... apparently need to also roll some hit die. Why don't you? Yeah, so let's. Take yeah. a short rest if anybody wants to roll some hit dice. You have 21 health. Not th- not throwing some shade anywhere. Anywhere in particular. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't have scared me. I'll roll just a one. I'm probably going to roll like... Ooh, nine. That'll work. Three of them. <laughs> I have 10 health. and <laughs> I'm a third of my health. I got seven back, so I am at uh, 28. I what I mean? What do you guys think of that plan? I got I mean, eighteen back. It, it gets right, the it gets the realities of getting our our newfound wealth back to where, assuming yes. we survive all this. It, it, I, I I would like to have the shinies. Okay. What are you at, Jenga? What's your after my uh, hit? Uh, after I hit my roll, I'm at twenty one. What's what's Shadow at? Are you leaving him at twelve? I'm gonna leave him at twelve for now. 
Okay. What are you at, Carlton? So hit me up with your grand scheme here. What is our scheme again? We're going to go talk to the, the Iron Golem and see if he wants to come play with us. So I believe... I'm back to Max. Yeah. Shadow, myself, and Carlton are loading up the cart and uh, get, okay. getting our gold to the outhouse. Okay. Are you just loading up the gold, or are you also going to try to load up anything else that's in the room? Like, do you want to try to take the, the giant uh, mantle? I'm assuming you're taking the, the pipe tobacco? Yes, the, the tobacco, everything, pretty much, I don't know, does the mantle look of value to me? It definitely looks valuable. It's just huge. It's five feet long and four feet high, and when you go to lift it, it's just over 100 pounds. Yeah. It is And we'd have to get massive. that all the way up, like, 70 feet of rope. What, I could carry that easily, but not down that my car. What it, like, I can lift that up the shaft if Shadow is willing to drag it. It'll fit in the minecart, but with the minecart, nothing else will fit in the minecart. So if you right. want to take well, the mantle. I need me in the minecart because I'm not fitting down the Why tunnel. Are we taking the mantle? It's worth money. You're one of those kids that, like, when you play games, you take everything. Like, you would steal from a merchant <laughs> and sell it back. Hello, to okay, you. in in Carlton's defense. Most RPGs are played that way, where you open up everything and loot all the things. That's true. I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have some gold in my pocket that you don't know about. Yeah, I know about the gold. I know about everything you do. I ride on your back. Don't. So, Travancore, Carlton, and Shadow, let's say over the next 30 minutes, as everybody else troops back through the mine, that you're able to make a couple of trips into the poo. And you're able to. If this is if this story arc is not called Journey into Poo Town, I will be really disappointed. <laughs> Let me make a note. So Travancore, you're able to instruct Shadow. You guys are able to get the mantle into the minecart, and then Shadow pushes the minecart up, and then brings, and then pull. Like he is a smart enough bear that he's able to pull this thing out and leave it like lying in the poo. But hey, it's just a piece of wood. And bring the minecart back. You refill it with gold. Travancore gets in with the gold and uh, Shadow or I'm sorry, Carlton gets in with the gold and Shadow pushes the minecart again and gets you going all the way up. Carlton empties the thing and while he's emptying the thing, Travancore, you and Shadow are able to like truck along behind and and get to where the poo is and send the minecart back to be traveled back in. And that takes you all about 30 minutes. It's, it's dirty. It's long, but you actually get a good accounting of how much gold and silver, uh, you have a total of 538 gold, uh, 332 silver pieces. And, uh, you find amongst the piles of gold, two very large opals, kind of uh, smoothly shined opals worth about 300 gold pieces each. Yo, Jenga, I'm counting on you. In this instance, your character is going to keep Carlton from literally shoving all this gold up his butt to keep for himself because he has no pockets. One of Carlton. the opals I kind of cover in poo so Jack doesn't see it and I slowly just try no. to like... Like no, that's no, going to no, no, stop no, no. That's not going to stop just, him. Poo's my he element at this point. He almost died in a pile of poo tonight. He will reach his hand up your ass and grab that opal back. You are going to keep keeping you honest. Travancore, roll yeah. me a perception check. Carlton's, roll me a sleight of hand check. He should have disadvantage. Yes! Natural oh trying to hide an opal from Jack. I, oh yes. my god! Uh, so, Travancore, 
you get distracted for the first time in this in the bottom of the outhouse. You've noticed that there's been this torch lying there. And as Carlton covers a large opal in poo and shoves it up his butt. I didn't you... say shoves it up butt. I said I hit it, but yeah. <laughs> no, you have to. No, it's canon now. It happened. All right, it. it's going in my no, butt. No, you actually, you, act- you actually said it went up your butt. <laughs> Travancore, you don't notice Carlton do this because you've actually been distracted by this torch. <laughs> Over the last hour of all of this going on, the 30 minutes of going back and forth, you've noticed this torch continuing to just burn in this pile of poo. And you seem to remember from before that the way, way back, what seems like years ago, looking down this outhouse and seeing a light at the bottom of this thing. And you're covered in poo. Who the fuck cares? And so you reach down and pick up this torch. And it seems to burn brightly, no matter the fact that it is, like, covered in poo. Uh, Carlton, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. (laughs) 14. Oh, wait, nope. Okay. uh, Hold on. Because I just upgraded my con. That's uh, 15 now. Okay. It's round, so it's not so bad. So while you guys finish unloading... It's going to be really good for when he tries to get it out. (laughs) So... Uh, Travancore, well, so you guys have transported all of this loot. Travancore is studying this torch. Carlton is um, getting into BDSM. The rest of you head back through the throne room. I need to go buy pants when we get back into town so I can have things in my pocket instead of my butt. For expedience, you're not wearing pants. You're wearing a loincloth. I said I need to buy pants so I can hide things in pockets and not my butt. (laughs) For expediency's sake, we'll say that you are able to very silently go through the, the room of guano. With we all the bats like and everything. Who at this point they think we're just moving piles of poo. Oh god, Leosha's house is gonna smell so bad when we get back. We're de- now no, that you we're know- not going into his house like this. No. <laughs> now that you know where you're going, you're able to, to make your way through there. It takes you about thirty minutes, and you re enter the room with the golem, who has returned to his duties. He is once again pounding on some marble with a hammer, breaking it into brick-style pieces and putting it into baskets and buckets and is ignoring you as you guys re-enter the room. All right. And Terrace is with you and is is warily watching as what would you like to do? I want to I want to I want to wave again. Say hi. Uh the golem looks over at you and waves to you and then goes back to pounding. Terrace, Terrace, Terrace. Yes, yes, yes. Can you ask it if it would like a hug? I can ask, but my... I don't know if I want to hug it. That's okay. I'm going to hug it. And hearing that, she turns to the golem and in Dwarvish asks, My friend would like to give you a hug. Would you like a hug? And the golem turns to look at you. And then goes back to pounding on the marble. Dung, dung, dung. I don't have a lot of spell slots. <laughs> Are we thinking of fighting this thing? I don't know. I you thought m- you moved us on the board. I've just we split, split you up. Oh, okay. I mean, the three of you went get, off to. I want to I get a little closer and to it. Okay. How far away would you like to be from it? Fifteen feet. Okay, you move up to 15 feet away from it. It's loud. I mean, even though he's pounding on essentially rock marble, uh, so there's not the ringing noise, but he is, the force of it is almost deafening. And he continues to just pound away, 
chipping off pieces until he's got kind of a rough block of marble. You can see he's working on um, some more of the pink marble and he sets a brick into the the barrel and pulls out another hunk and starts working on it. Dunk, dunk, dunk. I was going to say, who has the deed that to the mine from Pax? You do, Fuck. Carlton. I just Good had job. an idea, but I'm not there, so. You are not. I'm going to sit uncomfortably with this opal in my ass. Actually, you guys are now starting to uh, very slowly haul it up the rope with with the rope secured and with Travancore and Shadow's now very intimate knowledge of this shaft. You guys are able to, without checks, haul things up very carefully and slowly so that uh, you're able to bring stuff up to the surface. And yeah, it's a gorgeous day. It's now about two o'clock in the afternoon and sun is shining. The birds are singing and it's gorgeous. I want to try and find the nearest creek. Body of water. Uh, you do know that about a mile away is the lake that the uh, that Bruckstone Hold is against, and you're you're about a mile away from that lake. So right. it's a bit of a hike, but you do know where there is clean water nearby. You know what? I think I got a little bit of time. I think Shadow and I are going to go clean ourselves off. Okay. So you guys spend about 15 minutes hauling things up and then eventually when when it's in the last couple of of hauls you and you know shadow you help him climb up the side and the two of you call down to carlton they're like we're we're gonna go take a bath and you the fuck off. you're gonna leave all the treasure just sitting out there for anybody to take yeah. it yeah well no I, was, I wasn't saying right now i was gonna wait for carlton to at least get up there well i'm down here still. oh okay yeah all right so if you want to wait and so you haul up everything, it takes about another 30 minutes uh, bringing everything up, including the giant, the giant mantle. You get to the top, you go find Reggie, who is looking annoyed because it seems like you've been gone for about 24 hours or so, uh, but she seems unharmed and unhurt and you bring her on over. Uh, she is not going to be able to carry everything. And yeah. uh, as you bring her on over, you wave to Carlton and you and Shadow head towards the, the creek. I think I have, like, one apple left, and I give it to Reggie. I never climbed okay. up. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Carlton's still at the bottom. Yeah. All right. Uh, you, you coming, buddy? I'm going to stay down here until our friends get back, just to make sure nothing bad happens to them. Okay, so Travancore leaves Reggie with the treasure and heads off to go take a shower. Carlton's at the bottom of the of the outhouse. Jonathan and Bernie, you're still standing in the same room with the grinning golo- uh, iron golem. What would you like to do? Has it ever talked to us? No. There is. Paris, can you get talk to us? I've been talking to it. I can, I can try again, but it has never responded with words. And she turns to it, and in dwarvish, dwarvish once again says, "Do you have a name?" And it stops what it's doing and turns and looks at her. And after a moment, in where it seems to be thinking, it shakes its head no. What is your purpose here in this mine? And after a moment, it goes back to pounding away at the marble. And Terrace turns to you and says, I know that dwarves would use automated machines sometimes in their mining uh, mining expeditions. I'm not familiar with animated golems like this, but it's not unheard of. So maybe it's just here to mine? It seemed to take the pick from the the master of this mine as proof that we were meant to be here. I want to hug it. Okay. You walk up to it. It stops what it's doing and turns to you. And as you get within about five feet, 
it actually starts to raise its hammer at you as you get within about five feet of it. Do you still go to hug it? No. <laughs> okay, so you stop about five feet away, your arms outstretched. It stops with its hammer up in the air looking at you. Hey, Terrace, you want to tell it I don't want to harm it? In Dwarvish, Terrace says, we are friends and allies, and she is just interested in showing her affections in the weird ways that gnomes do. And it continues to stand there with its hammer outraised looking at you. I think this might be a lost cause, sadly. I'm gonna. I, I, I will. Giant iron how long would it take guys? me to crawl through the mine shaft? Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's resolve this here real quick. I say, Iron Friend, we have a perilous task ahead of us. If you feel like your skills are wasted here, you could come with us, and we could offer you more. We after if you help us, we will help you find a new mine, all new stuff to to pick out and process the mine. Your mind dreams will come true, my friend. My fairest friend. Do you speak Dwarvish? No. And I say, okay. and I say, Terrace, translate this. Okay. Terrace, like an excellent translator, like she's gone to school for this, just word for word as you're talking and like movements and everything. And the, the golem looks at her and the golem looks at you and then looks back at Bernie, who's still five feet away with her arms outstretched and continues to have the hammer raised in her direction. Sensing that it's taking a while, I start crawling through the mine shaft to see. Actually, this isn't taking a while. This is all happening while you guys uh, are hauling stuff up. It takes you about an hour to gotcha. move everything and bring everything up to the surface, and it's only taken them about a half an hour to get to this point. I say, Bernie, so, never mind. Bernie, why don't you start uh, stepping back and see if he lowers his hammer? I back up five feet. Okay. You back up five feet. I don't know. He got a bear. He got a bear. Why can't I have a big iron friend? As the DM, I will say that you are more than happy to look into animal handling skills to get yourself uh, some kind of companion. But animal as you back away from this iron golem, he does lower his hammer and then go back to pounding away on the marble. Dung, dung, dung. I don't bear. think it's... I don't think it's you, Bernie. I think this thing is programmed to mine and then defend itself, and that's it. Um, and Tara speaks up and says, I'm going to have to agree with Jonathan. This, this, this is a fairly simple mindless automaton, and I don't think we could even get it out the poop hole. I think when it was waving at you, it, uh, it was just mirroring what you were doing. And I say, observe. And so I, I back up at, at waving range, and I do a very bizarre wave where it's like, hello, I do that at it. And it it stops and it looks at you and it cocks its head a little bit. And it doesn't exactly mimic your movements, but it does wave in a more exaggerated way back. I mean, a bear could do that, too. I know. Let's, let's go back to the poop hole. Well, yeah, Go let's... Go back to Poo Town and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because I, I, I apparently we need to study up on dragon domination. So you guys spend another 20, 25 minutes for expediency's sake. I'll say once again, you get through the, the guano room. You get back into the treasure room where Carlton has just made his way through the, the minecart area and is, is waiting for you guys. He lets you know that uh, he and Travancore have hauled all of their treasure up top. Uh, you spend another 30 minutes 
getting yourselves through and up and outside. Uh, Travancore, you've spent most of this time heading down to the lake and having a lovely, very cold bath in the lake. You guys are now spotlessly clean, but super cold because winter is coming and the lake is cold. But hey, you know, it's better than being covered in poop and the sun is out. And so it's really not that bad. And I'm a ranger and and therefore a stoic. Yeah. And the bear doesn't care. Shadow's like, who cares? He comes back. Exactly. You guys all meet back up with Reggie, who is saddled with pretty much as much as she can carry. Pretty much the only thing that she can't carry is going to be the large mantle that you found. Uh, Carlton, But I think you said that you were going to take that. Yeah, either that or we can try strapping it to Shadow. So wait, all four of us are back in- here now? At the top? Everybody is up at the top I- of I see the- that uh, Travancore is like spotless and I'm kind of jelly. So I scoop some poop off of my thing and I fling it at him. I dodge. Carlton, roll a uh, ranged oh, attack. Really? Travancore. <laughs> Carlton, roll a ranged attack. 11. Uh, Travancore, what's your AC? Oh, it's well higher than 11, I'll tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> Carlton, you, you you try, but Travancore just very neatly sidesteps your your bit of mud and <laughs> grins at you. Who's taken the, the giant mantle? Uh, how much does it weigh? It weighs just over 100 pounds. Weighs more than me. I can, def- I can definitely carry it. Okay. Uh, if you're carrying it, you cannot carry Bernie. Do we well, want to see if we could strap it to Shadow? We could give it a shot. That just was carry it. Town's not far. Let's just walk back. Let's not. <gasps> let's not. Da- I know. I'm so. Yeah. It, it's. It's so weird. Let's not dally. Let's get back so we can. Uh, we. We have imminent matters ahead of us. All right. I kind of sling it over my shoulder, huff it up, and just start walking. Kind of a little like a little wide stepped because they're kind of feeling a little uncomfortable in the bowels. Okay. Shadow sees this happen and kind of looks between Bernie and Carlton and then saddles up to Bernie and crouches down a little bit. And Travancore, you get the sense that he is bracing himself to be ridden. It's up to you, Bernie. I know you're uncomfortable, but he seems to like you and you keep saving his life. And he looks back and gives you like big doe eyes. He needs to roll a charisma check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Travancore, roll roll a charisma check. Um, what is the bear's charisma? Oh, God. That's not, <laughs> he is not a very charismatic bear. Can I roll a bear. skepticism check? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... So, I, it, at the end of the day, it's an 18, but he has a negative 2, so it's a natural 20. Everybody drink. <laughs> uh, Bernie, go ahead and roll me an intelligence check. I actually don't have any. Ironically, intelligence is not my strong suit. Guys. No, but your this is your innate hatred of bears versus your growing. I really want to roll a twenty. Oh shit! I rolled two. I didn't mean it was still from the other one. Can I just take the seventeen? <laughs> That's okay. So at a at a seventeen, it's kind of hard to resist those doe eyes and. You were just wishing for an animal companion. And even though this isn't yours and he is a bear, you do really like to not walk. I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to say, I would really like you to pretend you're made of iron and please don't talk for this. Thank you. And I get up on the bear. Okay. You climb on up and grab some of the, I mean, obviously there's no saddle or anything. So you just are forced to grab some of the hair. Uh, Shadow respects your wishes and does not utter a word. He's having a harder time 
pretending to be iron, but you get the sense that as he walks, he is being super careful, and you have the smoothest ride. I'm also that you've covered had. in poo, and I'm taking some kind of satisfaction out of the fact that you guys just bathed, and your bear is now covered in poo again. And Shadow doesn't care. Also, just so y'all know, on my sheet, I do have 300 GP opal parentheses in my butt written down okay <laughs> it takes you about an hour Wait, as on. you Does walk having in having the... an opal in his butt give him disadvantage on carrying shit it might not right now <laughs> but it might come into play later about an hour into this very pleasant walk as you guys are, are headed back to greenness i need you all to roll me perception checks no, shit. also guys i just had like a really big epiphany 18 6 11 i mean i'm sorry <clears throat> 11 13 for shadow 16 Shadow, Bernie, and uh, Carlton, you rolled an 18? I rolled an 18, yes. Okay. The three of you, I mean, you're all kind of walking amicably and chatting and thing, you know, yeah, some of you are still covered in poo, but, you know, it's it's been a good day or so, and you've got a ton of loot, and things are going well, and then the three of you stop because you notice there seems to be a lot more smoke coming up ahead of you oh, than you fuck. were expecting. Oh, all right. And then there's a moment, and then you all hear a roar that shakes the ground. And as you crest a hill, you finally get a glimpse of Greenest in front of you. And there are pocketed throughout the town, you see fire has spread, and there are big black columns of smoke rising from six or seven different places. You see on the very edge of the wall, the gate has been broken and pushed inward, and there are bodies lying on the inside of the the gate. And the roar is of this gigantic adult blue dragon as it soars over the town and lets out a screech as lightning courses from its mouth to streak through where the the governor's mansion is and flies up and back to continue to circle like a vulture over the town. And we're going to end it there. Oh, wow. And we'll come back next week. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks, or at our host podcast, at Glibshark or www.glibshark.com and see you next encounter.